G'day everyone, Jamie Stebbin here. Welcome to another edition of Whole Human, the podcast that shares casual conversations on mindset, mental health, and being your best human. This week's guest is Sam RC, formerly retired boxer. That's right. He's come back. He's made a big comeback to the professional ranks. Sam's 33 years old, currently living in uh, Orange in New South Wales. He had been retired for six years and has returned to the sport armed with an impressive fight history that includes four Australian titles, six state titles, a silver medal in the Thailand Kings Cup and numerous attendances in the World Championships throughout his amateur career. In our chat, we discuss Sam's love-hate relationship with boxing, his previous challenges with OCD, anxiety and over-partying. It's extremely interesting to hear how Sam has finally found a balance that feels right for his body, his brain, his men- mental state, and the importance he places on keeping his body and mind healthy. So, Sam, I see the professional boxer, mate. You're back. I'm back, unexpected. It was funny because I moved back to Orange around Feb. Yep. I still hated boxing. Yep. I was still telling it, still telling everyone I'm not, I don't want to do it. And I truly believed it. Um, I just got back into the gym, back with Jay Kenny, just for fitness because mm. I've got this fear of fighters usually blow out after mm. retirement. So I promised myself that wasn't going to happen to me. I still eat court. I still train. Uh, we had a couple of sessions. And a lot of things are just working. And I was like, oh, like I'm feeling good. And because I actually wasn't working at that time, I was living on annual leave. So I got a call from a promoter up in Queensland by the name of Angelo Hyder. Oh, no, Angelo DiCarlo, sorry. Yep. He was actually the promoter, the bloke who managed Shaggy King, who I fought here in Orange. Okay. Yeah, top. cool. So he's been around for years. So they're like, look, we're looking for sparring for Liam Parrow. Liam Parrow is world rated, da 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 da. They said, you'll be paid. We'll pay for flights, accommodation, everything. And straight away I went, I want to do it. And so mum looked at me and she was like, why? why are you doing this? Like, you're not fighting. I'm like, well, I don't know. I just feel like doing it. Plus, I get paid. I wasn't working. And uh, so I flew up to Brisbane and I just enjoyed the whole process. Sort of reminded me back when I was. In America, just training full time, hmm. and that sort of got the mind thinking. Like you know, I think you probably can do it again. So I did well in the sparring. I come back to Orange, and me and Jake just had a joke one time. We're like, imagine if we just locked in a fight, and it was like instantly. I was like, right, let's do it. So we called Maddie, yep. and um, then we locked in the opponent. Like two weeks later, not even that. So Matt Matt Rose of um, No Limits, isn't it? Yes, that's yeah. it. Yeah. So they're the guys that are managing you now? More so promoting. Well, promoting, yeah, so my Jake's bad. Jake's pretty yep. much still, we, we don't have an official manager as of yet. Jake pretty much does all that stuff. Um, yep. So he trains, has the conversations. I just train and we're booked shows on, on Maddie's shows. Nice. And we can tell everyone that you do have a confirmed fight coming up again in November. We do. But we've got to keep it dark as to who it is, yes. yeah? So until they lock the venue, mm. then we can say who it is. But I don't know, just the way things unfold with COVID, 
we're just going to see who has the less cases and and mate that's a, again you bring up a really powerful point so the only thing you can do and i make an assumption correct me if i'm wrong is prepare mentally as though it's happening regardless yep right so physically obviously takes part of that mm -hmm. but your mindset is you're fighting in november yeah yep awesome and even if i'm not you know like that see a lot of the COVID does affect you know fighters mentality and stuff like that but i'm sort of in the mindset now where it's like well if it doesn't happen in november it's going to happen sooner or later so i'm just going to stay ready and just train harder and when the time does come i'm going to be even more ready i love it mate and that's an important um an important part of the current you know world we live in is is staying ready because who knows what's around the corner eh? yep awesome so mate you reese you before retirement before the this most previous retirement let's call it a sabbatical that sounds all zen and stuff oh look she she was retirement like obviously <laughs> i i hated boxing how long were you you were out for like six years or something is six that right years. So the last fight the last fight was july 2015 here in orange yep all right so last fight but then i was supposed to fight 2016 in february yeah but that show got cancelled and that after that happened that's when i walked away from boxing so then you know 2017 is when he found out dad had terminal cancer so then i was sort of like okay right oh, you you let's just have a break then he passed away six seventeen eight the next eight months later then mm. i was like right I'll, I'll try and like let's fight again and i was actually in training camp in america yeah in america mm -hmm. but soon as i locked soon as i locked that fight in even before i left to america as soon as i locked it in i was like having doubts like hate like I, like i hated it you know but i, I mean just, you had spoken yeah. not long before that and there was I remember thinking to myself, he's he's fighting, but he doesn't sound like a fighter anymore. Nah. Nah, I think, look, I, I figured it all out. Like, for a long time, I felt like I was getting messed around. I felt mm. like boxing was taking advantage of me. Like, I was being told this, I was going to do this and do that, then everyone's like, you're this, you're that. But I was, I was like 24 years old, still on the dole, mm. had a kid. Nothing, fights are getting cancelled. Do you know what I mean? It's sort of like, Wait a second! I'm doing all of this for this, but this isn't even happening. Things yeah. just keep fights keep falling through. We, we we can't fight for ages because we don't have a money guy behind us supporting us. We don't. Boxing itself wasn't where it is now. That that's a big that's a big reason too. You know okay. why my career couldn't really eventuate because there's no interest in boxing back then either so then i was from the era where you you couldn't get a fight unless you sold tickets mm. because all the fights i was living in sydney i didn't know too many people in sydney where i could sell a lot of tickets therefore i couldn't get a fight do you know yeah <laughs> it, it's got to be tough on the mental space ah. dealing with that shit all the time yeah like you're you're getting ready for a fight but then Look, I'm a fighter. I don't like promoting myself and worrying about all that stuff, you know, like, but you have to be like, 
your social media has to be regular posts. You have to be saying, doing this, doing that. Like, I don't want to focus on that. I just want to fight. Yeah. But then you're sort of, the pressure's on you to do that stuff, to sell the tickets. I remember I sold, when I fought on the mundane Mosley undercard, I sold 105 tickets. That's when I was living in Sydney. I actually had to go around talking to my mates. They had to talk to their mates. And it was only for a four-round fight. Mm. I had to do all this. But yet, you're supposed to be the next best thing. You're going to be this and that. But you can't even find a money guy to do all that stuff for you. You haven't even got the sponsors. So then over time, over time, I was like, can I swear? Oh, no. Yeah, go nuts, mate. He's all full of shit. Like, he's stringing me along. Like, you're saying this and that. But, do you know what I mean? I'm doing all this. What's changed? Um, I think after Jeff Horn come along, he obviously had Juco events behind him where, who were multi-millionaires. They mm. really funded his career. Then now you got Tim Zoo. So that's bringing the interest back to the sport. So my last fight, I didn't have to sell tickets or none of that. I just signed the fight. And let's remind paid. everyone, mate, you fought on the undercard to the zoo fight, well, which yeah. which unfortunately wasn't what it could have been, but still went ahead, which is great. See, and I did have to sell tickets for that. Um, I got paid more than I ever had before. Like even I got paid more for that fight than I did for the Australian title fight. In my mm. hometown. So boxing's just in a whole different it's on a whole different level right now, whereas you can sort of go. It is it is more worth it. Could I walk away from work now? No, but if I get through this next one, I'll definitely have to make it a part time, you know? Like yeah. 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 So it's sort of Well mate, I'm really happy for you that you've you're still around not not over the hill like me, um, and able to capitalise on your talent and get some benefit from it, mate. So good for you. I'm happy for you. Yeah, I'm just lucky that I stayed fit. Yeah. You know, like all the, all the things that sort of went down, I could easily went off rails, put on too much weight. But one thing, I'd, when I first retired, I took seven weeks away from boxing, but I was hitting the weights. Hmm. But then seven weeks later, I just... I train, my trainer hasn't stopped at all. Like, I do the same thing. I probably train better, just as good, you know. So, I'm lucky because if it wasn't for all of that, then when I got the call for this fight, because of six years out of the ring, it would have been a lot to sort of get back to that level because mm. I stayed ready. Do you think your past reputation, so your reputation was now six years old, do you think it, it, it still held you in good stead? What do you mean, sorry? So do you think that because you were a, a, a well-known and quite capable boxer before the retirement, mm -hmm. that that helped you secure that most recent fight? Obviously, you've been What's training that? and all that sort of stuff, but they well, still don't know what they're going to get. Well, securing that fight, like a lot of people were like, should have even me taking that fight. Mm. And like, I ain't going to lie, when we said there's this bloke, I said to Jake, I'm like, because I've, I've sparred him years ago, I was like, Jake, you know he's good, eh? Like, <laughs> and people, yeah, and I'm like, you know, do you know what I mean? I'm like, if I, and I said to him, I said, look, I've got to be on my game. Like, if I have a bad night, like, he goes, but that's the thing. You're not. He goes, it's all in your head. He goes, because he's seen me in the gym for the last 
you know, a few weeks. Because I only I was only in training with Jake for about three weeks before we locked that fight in. So mm. I think he's just sort of seen, you know, he's from the outside, seeing what I could do. And I was still looking. And I went when I went and sparred in Brisbane, I was still like probably even better, to be honest with you. Let's let's um let's give Jake um his due in this case. So Jake Kenny's been been with you and, and away from you, but from the very get go, yeah. Yeah, so he started me off when I was 11 and a half, 12. So Jake is going to see a change, probably a change even you couldn't see by the sounds of it. It's just good. Look, it's good being. He knows me better than anyone else. Mm. You know, like when we were together back in the amateur days, we were unbeatable. Like we were the, the best of the best. Unbeatable. Let's, let's touch on that while you're talking about it, mate. So four Australian titles. Six state titles. These these are not these are not small accomplishments, mate. As an amateur boxer, uh, not at all. Oh, and I won the um, like multiple state titles. I'd, I'd win fighter of the night. Um, I won a silver medal in the King's Cup in Thailand, and that was a that was a competition where we weren't supposed to win a fight. It was just more experience, hmm. and it was a senior competition. I was only. I was 17 at the time. So I won a silver medal there, which is a big accomplishment. Um, Arafu Games, silver medal. Then I fought in the world champs in Mexico. You know, so we did we did a lot of things. It was just a shame that you know, I won't say I won't say shame because I've sort of moved away. I've experienced, I've learned different things, I've grown. Mm. And coming back now, nothing it's like nothing's been lost. It's just been added. Do you know what I mean? Like where you see, like we, where we left off, we we just picked up from there and just, yeah, run like it had and shifted. Exactly. Love it. So, mate, you mentioned um, previously about when you walked away and how it could have gone bad. It could have, you know, you could have slipped off the rails. You could have put a lot of weight on. Now, I also know that it wasn't always good. So I want to know where your head was at when you retired. Like you, you say, I was done. You, you hated boxing. Yep. How was the headspace, and where did it take right. you? Like this is all right. So I walked away. Mm. I told myself as soon as I got back to Orange, I said, right, I just want to like a labourer's job. I want to dig holes all day and drink beer every afternoon. <laughs> Literally, that's what I told myself. I want to eat whatever I want to eat. Drink beers every afternoon, take it easy. So I was looking for work and um, spoke to a few few mates and that's how I got into to, to youth work. I was only, I knew a friend of a friend is looking for work and I was like, yeah, right, I'll do it. They sort of told me briefly of what you'd be doing. I'm like, yeah, right, sweet, we'll do it. Um, then I started, you know, still I wasn't really sort of boxing at that time when I was working was in the back of my mind, but every single time I'd go to do it, this, these, this is the motion, right? It's like hate, disgust mm. to the point where your face feels hot, the tip of your ears are hot, like hate. Like I'd, I'd daydream about boxing all day, right? I'd be training it in the bag. Like, oh, if only, like, that's working, that's still working. If I, I need to be doing this, I'm just seeing all these shots, daydream about it all day. 
like for a good out of that whole retirement where we didn't fight for six years, at least a good chunk of those two years, three years, like I'd literally I'd be I'd cry. Like I used to cry like three times a week because I'd miss boxing that much, right? I'd, I'd daydream about it. I'd be crying like I want to do it. I'll have the conversation with someone, right? Let's do it. As soon as I've told them, let's do it. Mm. Immediately hate, disgust, the worst feeling. What a mixed so emotions, mate. That must have that been. That was weekly. That must have been tough. I come to. Uh, I reckon I made at least forty unofficial comebacks. I used to tell <laughs> people all the time, like I got to the point where I told my mum, I was like, "Mum, like." I think if, if I tell you that I'm boxing again, don't listen to me, just ignore it. Don't, like, I thought, <laughs> I thought I had issues, eh? Like, it was that, to, like, I truly believe I'd want to do it. Then I'd lock it in and it'd be the worst idea in the world. Confused, like, I was that confused the whole time. Horrible. What changed? What, what, what brought about the clarity you now have? So I, I truly believe it's. I never liked the business side of things. A, a lot of that, well, was put onto me. Like, yep. The 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 discussions, the negotiating, the what do you want to do, da da. Now I just kick back. Jake take takes care of all that, and I trust him. Yep. See, he, he's been with me from day dot. I trust I'm him, and he's. That that's his role. All I have to do is just focus on training. And so, mate, you, that it's a really cool point you make there. So there's a separation between the heart that wants the box and the brain that doesn't give a shit about what's going on. Yeah. And when those two things aren't in alignment, that's where the conflict's coming up. Yeah. Yeah. No, look, before there was too much pressure on you got to sell tickets, you got to do this, you got to do that. So I shouldn't have to do it. I love it, mate. So at the end of your retirement, you were the light middleweight Australian champion. Is that fair to say? Yep. Awesome. All right. So are you? is this next fight going to lead you back to a title that you're chasing in particular? We will fight for a world title eventually, but okay. it will be at welt, welterweight. So that last okay. fight was at welterweight, which is a weight division below, light middle. Okay. So when I fought for Australian, I shouldn't have been. I shouldn't have been at that weight. Like yeah. I'm, I'm walking around now, lighter than when I fought for that fight. Yeah, right. My, my eating, I eat heaps better now. I've like learned a lot more about food and stuff like that. More disciplined. So it's funny, you know. I fought at a light middleweight. I'm pretty much walking around near that weight now. So this, so from now on, I'll be down at water weight. Okay. And How much I've stripping been, have you got to do? How much hard work have you got to do to get there? Before the last fight was eight kilos all up, but they were, like, two of those kilos was just food in the belly. Yep. And um, you know you can drop three three kilos a week out. That's nothing. You got two <laughs> kilos of water. Yep. You can sweat that out. Actually, I made it pretty comfortably. Like it was, it's annoying to do. It's hard to do. Yeah. I love food, but but you know the process. It wasn't hard on the, it. Wasn't hard on the body. I like that, mate, because it, you've. Like a lot of people, and and you know, I I coach in this space these days, and the thought of the hard work is so difficult for the mind to comprehend that we can't move past it. 
Yeah. Whereas you have dealt with it, you know exactly the process. So the mind doesn't come into it. Yep. It's just an annoyance for the end result. Yeah. So I knew, like the, the years of doing, I sort of knew what I needed to do to get there. At the end yeah. of the day, it's just fighting temptation. Yeah. <laughs> that's the toughest opponent that, any of us have got. That's mate. all it is. But you know what? Like what I tell everyone, the happiest I am is when I'm dieting, as much as I'm thinking about food all day, every day, I'm, at, I'm my happiest. It's weird. It's weird. Ah, it's just like the the feeling of being disciplined. There's a saying that nothing tastes as good as healthy feels, you know. So I will complain about dieting as much all the time. I hate it. I do hate mm. it, but I do love it at the same time. Oh, yeah, I like that. All right, mate, I want to know, Tell me the feeling immediately after you won that that last fight. So normal. But that was my me going into that fight, I didn't want to make a big deal of it. Yeah, that's that's where I was getting to. It it seemed yeah. to me like it was um okay, that's step one. Tick. Yeah. Yeah, it's just my mind stayed and I'm just I'm just doing me. Like this is all it actually doesn't feel like anything. I'm really yeah. impressed, mate. This is a yeah. different Sam RC. Yeah. No, nah, it's not like, oh, you know, people like to over-exaggerate things and be like, oh, yeah, this and they make it all like, yeah. you know, it's just, just I'm just doing me. So Good even man. even after even after that, it was weird, like, oh, of course I was pleased, but was I yeah. like, no, it was just, it felt right. Yeah. It wasn't Good. like, it felt like, ecstasy you know it just felt right but after it oh, i had the biggest i like, crashed emotionally like Did for you? a few yeah for a few days like i didn't get that night i didn't get to sleep until i had an hour of sleep that night just all the emotions were just because so much went into it that's yeah. like six years of like the the amount of times i shed tears before that the amount of mental breakdowns i've had about Love boxing, hate boxing, love it. Being confused, it all went into to that moment. So then for a few days after that, I was just gone. Like I was, had no energy to do anything. Yeah, I can imagine, mate. I feel like that after I mow the lawn. <laughs> <laughs> all right, mate, I want to go back now. So we've talked about your most recent stuff and now I want to, I want to take it back, Sammy, because... We've talked a few times. I've I've written your story for you. We've we've well, we know each other, and that's a nice thing. So, I want to know about <clears throat> why eleven slash twelve year old CMRC became a boxer. Oh, oh here we go. <laughs> <laughs> I um, I was only thinking about this. So, from a very young age. I felt the gap in society, right? Tell us about that. Why did you feel that? My last name, for starters. Yeah, RC, I, I so, mate, sorry, let me clarify for everyone. Sam RC. RC is very much a uh, proud Indigenous name, full Wiradjuri boy. But, mate, you told me once upon a time, and it was a really powerful quote, as a young man you felt that you were, too white for the blacks and too black for the whites. Oh, 100%, for sure. Like, 
you know, it was if you're at a cousin's birthday party or if you're in Dubbo at the Quarry Knockout or if you're hanging around the neighbourhood with the boys or whatever, who's the first person who's going to get picked? Yeah, you know what I mean? It's all like, because I was a smaller kid, I'd blue, blonde hair, blue eyes. I always felt like, you know what I mean? Like I was a, I was a soft kid. Mm. I wasn't like a bully or nothing like that. I was just chilled. So I just felt like, oh, I'm going to get picked here in a minute. So I was always like, go for me. So when you say picked, you mean picked on? Yeah, picked on like they're yeah. going to start mouthing off. Because I've had yeah. a few times when I've been downtown and you know, a couple of the boys, I've actually had a fight downtown just because some bloke just picked me up. Yeah, you know, that's just that fear of being light-skinned, growing up with a bunch of gurus. You're, you're always, if they're going to pick someone, it's going to be you. So I was always like walking around, you know, with my guard up. And because yeah. even the boys I was hanging around with, like, I was never bullied, but there was a joke. They always used to make jokes because I was white. Mm. I even copped it from my cousins too because I've got another cousin who is light-skinned. And so we both cop it from the cousins. Then I'd cop from from the mates. Like, I wasn't bad, bad, but, you know, that'd still make fun of you because you're white. It's weird. It'd make fun makes of you white. It makes it really tough for you to, to feel like um, you belong. Yeah, exactly right. And because I was always a shy kid. Mm-hmm. And that's where that saying comes from, like, too white for the blacks, too black for the whites. Like, I remember I'd, I'd notice because where I grew up, the length, how I'd speak. Yep. Some people would be, like, certain words I'd use, some people would be like, you could tell they'd be put off by it. I'm like, all right, I really don't fit in this sort of area. You know what I mean? I was like, go back over here and. I don't know. You're just not the same colour. Mm. Don't sound the same. What a what a tough thing that must have been as a kid, mate. So that sort of stuff leads 11, 12-year-old Sam RC to go, I'm going to go and learn how to handle myself. I didn't say I'm going to go and learn how to handle myself. I was just hanging around my cousin. And the more I've sort of went into it, he was the one who sort Give of... Give him a shout-out, mate. Who, which cousin? Brian, Brian RC. Brian, right, Brian RC Brian. and and Dion Hemmen, yep. two of my first cousins. So they were the blokes that I first stepped foot at Jake's gym. But Brian was actually training with Glenn Sutherland because I went with Brian to Blue Eagle Boxing Gym behind IGA with yep. Brian one time. But I only trained once or twice. But then we take it even further back than that. I remember going to behind the Aboriginal Lands Council when Buddy Nixon mm. w- was training there. So there was me, Buddy Nixon, his son, Daniel Nixon, Raymond Fuller, um, Cade Morgan, yep. and Bubba Sub. So, and this would have been, I only went there once or twice. So I started like, but it was never something I wanted to do. So even when I trained at the Lands Council with the boys, Never thought of it. Then I went to Blue Eagle Boxing Gym with my cousin Brian. Never thought of it. Then Brian took me to to Jake's. Then what happened? I don't know. I just went to Jake's. I just stayed. That was that. The first time I fell in love with training because I remember it was training was hard. I remember trying to throw a double a double jab when Sean Sean Kenny. He was infamous for his jabs. He was throwing like triples, and I remember trying to do it. And it was just so hard, like. 
it was hard, but I just kept trying to do it. Then I don't know, the first time I fell in love with training, I went back to East Orange, back to the neighbourhood. Yep. And um, my group of mates were there, and I was just like, "Boys, try and try and punch me in the face. See if you can hit me." <laughs> and they couldn't do it, and we were all out on the front lawn. I had like of three lined up. I had three lined uh, up. I was like, "Throw punches at me!" And I'm just like duck and dodging. <laughs> and that was the first time I fell in love with training. I just thought that was cool. Yeah. And Dad used to bribe me. He used to be like, "You can't ride your motorbikes unless you go to training." And they were the only two things I'd ever remember. But before then, I was never—I never wanted to do it. I just tagged along. All right. So, where did that take you, mate? That love, love for boxing. Tell me where that that very first fight and and yeah. So what's... yeah, this is another funny story. So then, I remember I told Dad that I was going to have my first fight. Because no, let's take it back before then. I told Dad I wanted to play football. Mm. And he just went, you're too small. He just sort of, you're too small. Just sort of brushed it off. Yeah. Like, right. Anyway, fast forward. I told Dad I wanted a box. And he goes, if you're no good, I don't want you doing it. And I just remember him sort of like dismissing me like, looking at me like, you know what I mean? Like that. <laughs> so anyway, I had the first, had the first fight, which was here in Orange. I fought Matthew Elliott, a local yeah. boy. Smell. Um, so I won. I had a really good fight. I walked out of the ring because this was this was at Wade Park, so the, mm. the stadium was packed. Yeah, nice. I, I just walked past a little silver gate where you walk from the grass to the concrete, and I see my dad standing there, and he just looked at me like this. He's like, "It's like he saw Jesus, like literally." <laughs> and I, he was shocked. His mouth was yeah, open. Yeah, I love it, mate. His mouth was open. He was, he was just like that, and I just remember thinking to myself, like. That's what you give for doubting me. Then <laughs> I went back home and I watched myself on a tape recorder that yeah. night. And I remember I watched myself and I was like, like, you're actually good. Like I could see something. And that was it. So from then I had 11 fights that year. The next year, and I won the state title that or might have been the next year. Then I had like 20 fights the next year after that. Then I won state titles, my first Aussie title. Then it was just since that moment, it was just go. All right, Timmy. So all that success, mate, as an amateur, that's a natural progression then into the professional ranks. How did that go? Well, it actually wasn't. It wasn't natural because I was supposed to retire. As <laughs> an amateur, I don't think. I don't think. Yeah, I don't think I've ever told. No, this certainly story. not me. So I, well, when I fought in Mexico at the the world champ the junior world championships. I was actually, I didn't want to box. I got homesick over there. I had a girl and I just hated box. I don't know. I just hated it. I was supposed to retire. And... All right, Tammy. So, mate, you're in, you mentioned that the turning professional wasn't as natural progression as I anticipated. You actually didn't have a plan for that. No. Jake just sort of sprung that on me and I was like, because, again, I didn't even know. When he told me, I don't, I've never ever thought about going pro or I literally just thought just because it kept me out of trouble. I don't know. And I just, I just did it. So when he said turn pro, I was like, all right, we'll just have another fight. But I'm glad he did because at that time, I was going for a lot of, a lot of stuff, self inflicted stuff. Like my, I thought I was going to go to Bloomfield, put it that way. 
So I was Blue, actually on about Bloomfield's sitting here. A, a local, so Bloomfield's a local mental in, uh, mental institution, yeah? Yeah. yeah so what is. had led you yeah. to that I thought, sitting, So I was sitting at that dinner table just over there mm-hmm. and um, I was eating because I had a lot of – I had bad OCD around because what happened was I started partying. I was drinking too much, doing other things, mm-hmm. and I went cold turkey. And I got back into training and I didn't talk to no one. I isolated myself, trained real hard. Then all these things started, like, it was anxiety. Then I started getting real bad OCD, like really bad. And that's when I was sitting over there one time. I had conversations with mum about it. Like couldn't couldn't control my mind. Could mm. not. I was so scared. I was sitting over there. I went to eat something and the the, the screech of the fork hit the plate and I remember just freaking out. I actually thought I was going to end up in blue. I couldn't control my mind. It was scary. So then I went out. I got on a piss that night. That night, that always helps. Sort of distracted. I just sort of was sort of got me away from that torture for the night that obviously it come back. But then when we locked that fight in, it, it's, it went away because mm. I was too – I was focused on the fight. I was I was more nervous about the fight than I was whatever I was. I don't know. But then what I found was in that camp, and that was my first pro fight, in that camp, my head wasn't playing up as much. So I want to ask you, Sammy, and if you don't want to answer, don't. Was the drinking and the party and leading you down that path mentally? Oh, for sure. Because I, you know, I ain't gonna lie. I go. I've been through phases. Every time I go through, you know, that partying stage, mm-hmm. like I'd a few different times I've had sleep paralysis, paralysis, whatever, whatever it's called. Sleep paralysis. Yep. After I've been partying too much, too frequently, you know, and just my state of mind, it's just I'm not not myself. So I go back to that time when I was partying every single weekend, twice a week. You know, that really, I reckon that messed me up. Because nowadays, like, I'd I'd hardly drink once every six to 12 months or whatever. But I notice if I do and I go have that second night out, I'm not the same person. How does that manifest, mate? What do you mean not the same person? Oh, you just, I don't, like... I like being disciplined. When I'm disciplined, when I'm eating healthy, when I'm when I'm training, I'm happy. Okay. So, you know, when you're out there partying, you're embarrassing yourself, you're putting um, bad things into your body. Like, I'm, see, I'm at the stage now because I eat pretty, pretty good. Even if I just have a bad meal two times in a row, I can feel that. If I have a bad breakfast, I'm not as fresh as it would be for for the day you know so it's a lot to be said for that mate yeah like food nutrition is a, is a big thing for me so to go back when i used to think eating maccas all the time party you know you know you'd be right no like it really does affect your mental health and it's so like i went it was just last week i started introducing bread again to my diet and i just i didn't feel as good it's weird mm. I know it's it's um, nutrition is big for me. It's a, it's great. It takes us a long time to learn. Oh, and even though you learn it, it yeah. even though you learn it, you'll still mess up. 
I literally had a, ch- a chat with someone this morning and I said the discipline of when my little girl leaves half a slice of her toast that she doesn't eat instead of just mindlessly eating it. Yeah. You know, I've got to chuck it in the bin because it drops me that quick. It's not funny these days. Mm, yeah. So same thing, mate. You get a bit older, you get a bit wiser. The, the key and the tough part is listening to the messages yep. that get sent. Sure. Now, you mentioned your mental health, mate, and that it wasn't always at its best. You want to dive into that? How does that manifest? Yeah, so that, was that a little error? Oh, I mean, I sort of always had, like, anxieties. I guess I was always shy or whatever. But I remember things back back when I was a kid, you know, like sort of re- related to anxiety issues. But mm-hmm. that little error when I was partying too much, the, the OCD that I had, I truly thought I couldn't. It's the scariest thing not being able to control your mind. Like it was horrible. Horrible, but then what I've noticed over so I've got obviously got through that. I had that fight, but then what did I do after that fight? I started partying again, then I started feeling like crap again. Then I'd like in another fight, I'd go good, then I'd go down. I'd sort of go through ways, but then and this I've only figured it out, you know, like probably last year. So like I I've been to a psychologist a few times, mm-hmm. but I figured it out. I've, every time I've been to a psychologist, it's been around winter. So I've learned I get the winter blues. Yeah, it's really powerful, yeah. mate. Seasonal depression is is yeah. is very much a thing. And if you live in Orange, uh, sure. it can kick your ass pretty quick. That's when, you know, we went into lockdown. Then I'll, for a few days, I went down. And I was like, right, I've just got to still keep busy. And I come out of it. But yeah, look, I've been through. That the OCD was was a big one, just more like you know ner- nervousness, anxiety related stuff. Yep, and that was sort of caused the depression. And but the boxing always it gave me something else to think about. And in more recent times, mate, that fishing and I know we've talked about this. Your fishing is your yep. happy place, your mindfulness. Oh, I still remember the first day I went out. It was one of the best days of my life. So, so Tom, I'm lucky, yeah, I'm lucky I didn't have boxing, but I, then I found that I'd never. I used to bag fishermen out. I remember, <laughs> living, yeah, no, I did. I promise you, I did. I was like, I used to look at them on the water by themselves. I'd be like, "What are you doing?" You know. Then I lost boxing. Then next minute, I'm doing it myself, and I still do it, even though I'm back in the ring. Like I'm gonna go this afternoon. I have to do it every day. I feel every like the two time. have really helped. Ground you, oh, you, the, you sure. the person. Yeah, well, I you know that. the the fishing probably help helps the, the boxing. You know, like, yeah, very they're much. Sort of, they're totally different. One's really you know high intense aggressive, and the other's just chilled. So I think you know, I get both ends of the spectrum from 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 them. I love it, mate. And oh, so that me, ha- chaos, no? yeah, calm, calm and chaos, absolutely. <laughs> It's really cool. Um, how's that helping you? So you, you're back working in the in the youth work, I take it? Yes, but instead of um, – well, I'm sort of half on the floor, but I've sort of stepped up to a more um, management-type role. I guess the thing I like, mate, is that 
you can give them that gift of calmness now because you've been there. Yeah. You understand some of the issues they're dealing with, the anxiety, the mental health yep. stuff, the partying, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. See, for sure, I can say now, like, it's food mm. and you got to have a goal. Like, you know, you, you got to have a goal. you got to keep you got to keep busy. And when I'm not doing those things, that's when my mind plays up. But I'm at the point now I don't even get – I haven't felt depression or, you know, like any of those – for a long, for a long time, like the only the latest thing was when was because when I lost the retirement. Yep. See, the boxing messed me up. I was probably traumatized by it, and I had to go see a psychologist and stuff about that too. And that was only last. That was only last last year. So that was I was seeing him because I was supposed to fight last year on the Jeff Horn Tim Zhu show. Mm-hmm. Then I was seeing the psychologist then, and he was sort of. Even still, then it was, but it was more about the boxing, you know. And it was, I was still hating boxing and stuff then, you know. Mm. But, but as far as like the depression, anxiety, just in general, I don't, I don't get it anymore because I feel like I've, I know what I need to do is that's eat healthy, stay busy, and have a goal. When I'm not doing those, when I'm not doing those, then I go downhill. I wrote down here as a question, I wonder if, I literally wrote, I wonder if Sam's got any tips for mindset and mental health, but I think you just covered it. Yeah, yeah. I could honestly say, like, if it wasn't for the, the tr- from the boxing, mm. I haven't really experienced depression, anxiety, not like I used to. Awesome, mate. When Love I it. used to, and I don't drink or party nowhere near as much as I used to, and when I do which is, you know, every six, 12 months or whatever, then those thoughts sort of, you know, I don't feel as good. And so it's really important, mate, that we sit with ourselves in that discomfort sometimes and help us be aware of what works for us and what doesn't. And it sounds to me like you're finding more and more of those things that work for you. Oh, for sure, for sure. You know, the fishing. Yeah. That's, you know, it's my little breakaway that gives me something to do i love it mate all right as we wind up sammy i want to know it's a deep question i don't like i i should i should have front loaded it but (laughs) but i want to know one big lesson life has taught you what is it and who or what gave you that lesson told you it was a big one Probably, yeah, this this whole sort of what we're talk, talking about now, idle mind is the devil's workshop. So it means whenever you're not doing something, whether like you're chasing a goal or challenging yourself, that's my personality. Like I've had conversations with people, but they're more than happy just to chill out and mm. do nothing that works for them. But for me... Yeah, I have to be doing stuff, and I read I read that in a in a in a book. That's probably the most important thing to me. Awesome, is, mate. Yeah, idle mind is a devil's workshop. That's a big life lesson to learn, and I guess again that comes from you, and that's the most important part. So, radio CMRC, thank you so much for being on the Whole Human Podcast.
that's all good. Thanks for having me. We always uh, have good chats. So it's good to finally catch back up with you again. Cheers, mate.